This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to episode 47 of the Tip of the Iceberg. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I'm here along with Nick Horwat. We have a fun episode for you guys today. Really fun episode because we're talking about potential rule changes. So if you're into that sort of thing, we definitely got the episode for you because it's it's going to start Oops. off with some rule changes. But we are going to get into some Penguins hockey in the second half of the show, talking about the weekend that was for them and where it places them in the standings going forward towards the push for the playoffs as the Penguins currently sit in third place. So how are you today, Mr. Horwat? Tired again, once again, always, but uh, it's birthday weekend, so yep. I have it my is excuses. Your birthday weekend. Welcome um, to the age of 23. Yeah. It's... You're officially old. Man, I feel old. <laughs> You've been saying um, that since you turned 20. Exactly. I feel old. My knees feel old. <laughs> but... um. No, it's it's good to be here. I've made it. We'll jump right into the yeah. NHL general managers meetings that happened in Boca Raton. I'm sure general manager Jim Rutherford was having tons of Fiji water on that event. But <laughs> the first item that we want to talk about is they talked about the e-bug. Of course they talked about the e-bug, the emergency yep. backup goalie. Anybody who hasn't heard, of course, David Ayers went in for the Carolina Hurricanes. You, you know the story already, mm-hmm. especially if you listen to this podcast. We've covered it at nauseum. I'm not sure why they were going over that probably just a reactionary thing yeah to it just happened and now we're having the general manager's meeting especially because it happened to toronto mm-hmm. if they didn't have it on the docket i'm sure it would have been a lot more of a deal but since they talked about it quote unquote i think they just did their due diligence and they didn't really change anything no and it's something that i kind of feel like i don't blame them for talking about it because as a general manager at all times you want your best players on the ice right like, it's what, you know, you own a team to do. To That's your job. That is literally general manager's job is to put the best players on the ice. Whenever you have to put in someone like that, I can get where a general manager is coming from and saying, that's not a good idea. It also was a huge thing for the, for the league um, publicity-wise. Some people are saying, was it good publicity, though? Like... Was it people laughing with us or at us? And we weren't able to tell, really. Making the change would have been... It would have made sense. I would have understood it. But it just... I don't think it would have been the right move. I can remember... I was talking to my dad... Talking to my dad about it that long ago, actually. And for the longest time, the Penguins' emergency backup was Eddie Johnston. (laughs) Old man Eddie Johnston (laughs) was our emergency backup goalie. So even if that were to happen... Yeah, he's played goalie before, but... You really want to put him in net against these professionals now? I mean, our current emergency backup is Jim Rutherford, so let's pump the brakes on. Is it really? No, it is not. It is not Jim I would have believed it. I just, <laughs> it is not like, JR. Okay. I would love to know who it actually is, though. Yeah. But, no, I get where these GMs are coming from and saying we want our best players on the ice at all times, but I think it's... In any league, though, eventually you're going to run out of players and you will start having to pull the emergency players, no matter what, because in the NFL, you're only given three quarterbacks, you know, and we almost saw it with um, the Steelers this year. We started 
uh, Hodges one game. He sucked, so we took him out, put in Rudolph, who got hurt. And at that point, Paxton Lynch is looking at it, looking around like, what do I do? <laughs> but we put Hodges back in, and if Hodges was to get hurt there, you'd be down to Lynch, and it's football, it's a weird game. So he gets hurt, who you down to? Yeah, but I think it's also very, very different in, in the space that you could put a running back in and run Wildcat. You, it's a very different right. position than, than the goaltender because there is nothing and nobody like the goaltender. And you don't want to put a position player in to play goaltender because if he gets hurt, now there goes another multi-million dollar player that you put in an awkward position and he gets injured and he could be potentially out for a while. So it, it's a very different situation. And I think the big issue that the NHL had with it is that it was the away team. Think about the fact yeah. that it doesn't happen too often in the first place. The last right. time it happened, it was less of a deal because it was the home team, and it was their own emergency backup goalie and Scott Foster for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Not only is it something that doesn't happen very often, you also have to cut that in half because if it's the home team, who cares? It's this guy who's going into play for his hometown team, and he's going to try his best. The problem people had with it is, well, Ayers is quote-unquote supposed to be a Maple Leafs fan, so what if he goes in there and throws it, which I don't think anybody thrust into that situation no. is really thinking of that because it is the opportunity of a lifetime. You don't want to make your name out to be like that, but at the same time, it is a possibility. I will give it, yeah. give it that. You don't know what somebody's thinking. but A rebuttal to that is these players from – you know, from all across you know America, North and Canada, you know they're born in these Pittsburgh or in these hockey cities, mm-hmm. and they get drafted by rival teams. Like R.J. Umberger's from Pittsburgh. He played a lot of his career in Philadelphia. You don't think he would have like? It's, yeah, they, but at the same time, these emergency backup goaltenders aren't getting paid to play, and it's only one opportunity. Right, but you get exactly, but you get what I'm saying. It's yeah. It's, like there's still that kind of factor into it. That's why that's I'm saying that's why that factor is taken out of it because he's yeah, I mean, having his ability, his opportunity to play. I mean, hell, anytime somebody from Pittsburgh plays the Penguins like Vinny Trocheck or when RJ Umberger was at his height, they actually played better against the Penguins than right. they did against anybody else. So, I think it was something that of course I understand them going over it and I understand them putting it on the docket, but at the same time you had to know nothing was going to happen to it. You don't really need anything to happen to it. It's something that happens once every couple of years, yeah. maybe. And when it happens for the away team, it's something that happens probably once, maybe even in a lifetime. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far, but it's definitely not something that's frequent enough to change. And there was a couple things that were frequent enough to change, and thankfully they did. First of all, the offside rule change. I don't know about you, but I think the worst part of an NHL game is when somebody goes into the offensive zone, they have a minute and a half to two minutes of zone time and then score. And then all of a sudden it's, like, Oh, we have to, we have to go back and, and we have to review this because it might've been offsides. And then you put that's... a minute and a half back on and you slow down the game and yeah. it's for something that's a millimeter because, Oh, his skate was off the ice. Whenever, if it was, if it was two inches down onto the ice, it would have counted, but if it was two inches off the ice, add three more minutes back on the clock, put the goal on the board. It's something that yeah. changed. And that's a good change. Um, one thing that you mentioned that, you know, players wander the zone and have this much zone time and then score and then call it back. Since that rule got implemented, I've been watching hockey in almost every game I've done it, seen, an, seen a zone entry and, and just think, okay, that looked close, that looked offside, but it wasn't called. 
let's hold on to this. Like, let's, like, and it goes for both sides. Like, when the Penguins do it, I'm always like, okay, just, you know, this one, maybe if they score, it gets called back. We don't know, because it looked offside from TV. Um, or if, you know, it's the other team and they score, I'm like, hey, let's just see a quick replay. <laughs> so I'm pulling my strings on it, but I've been, that's how I've been watching hockey now, too. Yeah, you've had to adjust to that. And, and what the NHL GMs came up with is a player is onside as long as one skate quote-unquote crosses the plane. So they're borrowing from the NFL saying they need to cross the plane of the blue line, which the plane includes the blue line itself on the ice and then goes the whole way up to the ceiling. So as long yeah. as you have part of it over top of the blue line, it's going to count. They're not sure when they're going to implement it because it has to go through the NHL competition committee. But at this point, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of once it gets passed through all of that. It'll cut back on the offsides reviews, definitely. It'll speed the game up as far as time it takes to play a game because you won't have as many of these reviews and you won't have people looking as long at these reviews. So I think it's something that needed to happen. I think it's a small change that'll help out the league in the long run. And I think it's something that it's good that they came to terms with because I get having an offside rule change because sometimes it's egregious. And that's why they make these rule changes. Yeah. It's to stop the egregious stuff. That's why they can now review major penalties because of the Vegas San Jose series last year. It's things right. that like that that are just there to stop the egregious from happening. And you're always going to have an overabundance of, okay, we tightened it up too much. Now let's readjust and let's loosen it up a little bit. And that's all this is. And I think it's a really good move on behalf of the NHL general managers. And I think it's overall is going to help the game. Yeah, it should help the game totally. It's something that, you know, people have been asking for since, you know, their team got screwed over in it in a way. It's something that people have been wanting to see implemented implemented into the game anyway. I've been hearing arguments of just abolishing offsides altogether, which is dumb, I think. That That's not hockey then. No, I mean, it's not that, so much that's, that it's, it's just not hockey. It's not so much that it's not hockey. I mean, when I played inline, you played without, without an offsides, but still I mean, it's... It's bad. Yeah, it it takes away from a lot of the competition of the game, I'd say. Offsides is a very integral part of this game. You don't want somebody cherry-picking the whole entire game. It just ruins the pace of play, and it ruins the yeah. style of the game. It's, and then people's argument to that is, well, you also have five people on the ice, send another one down there. I'm like, Well, then that takes away from game plan and putting two guys on the puck at one point or doing this, doing the other thing. Like, You can't just send another guy down there. It's not how it works. No. It's something that, like we said, if it's a, if that's a change that gets made, it's definitely going to need to be reined back. But I don't think that's ever going to happen again. No, no, not I don't at think all, they're but... ever going to take offsides out, which they shouldn't. They right. really shouldn't. Talking about rule changes, something else that's changing is the puck for the NHL playoffs. Yeah, they're starting to put sensors in it just to make it a little easier to compile data. How important is this to the league, and how important is it that they needed to start it on game one of the playoffs? What I want to know is. If they're going to be doing the, if they're going to do it like in the goalposts too, I'm not worried about the puck. The puck was bound to happen for data, for viewership, and for you know this, that, and the other thing. I want to know if they're going to do it for these inconclusive ass goals that they keep saying that they keep saying aren't goals. That is the only reason I think it's necessary because yes, I understand the analytics community is becoming a more integral yeah. part of the NHL as time goes on, but at the same time. Do we really need the data to be that conclusive? Can we not take from what we see and take from everything else, the sensors that we have in these arenas, can we not use those to get the data that we already have, which is already pretty advanced? Yeah. 
putting it in something as important as the puck, that's something that's a little weird. And especially doing it at a time where you're doing it at the beginning of the NHL playoffs. Yeah, it's a strange time to do it for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you're kind of surprised it didn't start during a preseason where people aren't, you know, not too worried about the games. And they did say whenever they released this that they had been putting these pucks into gameplay a couple times in a couple games. I heard it on Spit and Chicklets where they yeah. said they put it into a couple games, including one of the Pittsburgh Penguins games they put it in. Yeah. And Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, said Sidney Crosby said that it did feel different and it felt a little weird. Now, it's something that's going to be have to be adjusted, but again, why make players make that adjustment? Whether it's a bigger adjustment or a small adjustment, I haven't played with the puck personally, I've... so I have no idea. And I know that these guys are the most skilled hockey players in the league, and they can adjust, but why implement that? It's just such a weird timing. I don't care about it. I think it'll be interesting to see, as right. long as it's not as big of a disaster, and I don't think it will be as big of a disaster as the glow puck in the 90s. I'm sure the technology is a lot better where if they were to say hey if they were to light it up a little bit they'd probably light it up like it's a video game where there's just a little shadow around it just and i don't think that's what they're gonna do i think it's it's a big portion of just collecting data no yeah but but like you said the most important thing is did it cross the goal line and i don't know we don't know what's in this puck they just released that it's in there and it's there to help make it more advanced and help I, collect more data. Now, if it if it can collect whether or not it fully crossed the goal line, that's the most important part to this game. And everybody yeah. that's talked about this has agreed. If you can do that, that is the biggest pain in the ass of the NHL playoffs because every goal is so damn important. The biggest pain in the ass is we don't know if that fully went across right. the, the goal line. And it, it sucks for goaltenders because that takes out a big part of their game, it, which is I uh, see it's in there. Can I hide it from everybody? Can I hide it from all the cameras? But at the same time, stop the puck. Yeah. Well, one thing with that is, too, is if you are going to be taking away the inconclusive, you know, sort of situation, now you have to wonder, like, well, what is considered, now what is considered covered by the goalie, what is considered in his possession, shit like that. Which, yeah, I'm sure is an easy fix because, you know, usually these inconclusive goals are ones where it's under his leg and it got somehow pushed into the net or something like that. That can all work itself out. But I did a small little write-up for the fan on the new puck, and it's supposed to be not that much different. It's made by a new company, though, and they tried to make it as similar as possible from the old one, and I think they were able to do it. It's, I mean, Crosby's played with it, and he it seems almost identical from pictures, at least, except for those little dimples on it. Crosby's the one person that would notice those little dimples, by the way. <laughs> He is oh, the yeah. one person that would be like, oh, I, I feel Something, the difference. Something's wrong here. This is different. This is not yeah. my puck. <laughs> if the guys are able to get used to it and get behind it and it doesn't affect play, I mean, screw it. It's cool. It's fine. One thing, though, that I did read about that I thought was very interesting was that they cost, it's like over $100 each to make. And the league is still going to have the minimum 14, 15, however many they have at each game, at the game. And you mean the puck's going to cost $1,500? <laughs> yeah, they cost around what? 100 bucks to make. And $1,500 worth of hockey pucks. And yeah. it's only going to be 15 pucks. I forget what, I mean, they're keeping however many they keep. Like, the number's Absolutely. not changing. If you um, ever wanted to realize how much the NHL is just funny money and how oh, yeah. crazy rich they are, they spent, they're they starting to spend $100 on a puck. So, and not only that, it's 
the stuff they're putting into it, I forget what it is exactly. I should know it. But it's turned off the second it leaves the playing surface. So, like, when it's in the penalty box, it's not turned on. When it's on a bench, it's not turned on. If it flies out into the crowd, it's turned off automatically. And the the funniest part of the article that I was reading on it was they're not they're not making fans throw them back. They're not making fans do that. But they are suggesting, quote-unquote, re-harvesting at the end of games. <laughs> Where I'm guessing where it's like you were when you're walking to the exit, if you want to give your puck back to the league, you can. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll give you a couple bucks for it because it costs them so much to make. I mean, I don't know if they'll do that or anything, but it's such an interesting piece that I was just that little those couple paragraphs I was reading, I was giggling at because that's so first interesting all, that it costs that much the, first. The phrasing of reharvesting a puck just doesn't sound oh, right to me. First of all, but I, second of all, if this is gonna turn off the second it goes out of play or the second it gets taken off the playing surface. That just means they definitely have to have the technology to have it turn off as soon as it crosses the plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's stuff that um, there's no excuse. Then if they have the technology to turn it off, when it leaves the playing surface, they should have the technology that it turns off as soon as it fully crosses the, the plane in the net. Right. Totally. And I'm trying to look for that paragraph because it was so funny to me. <laughs> Yeah. While you're doing that, I'll, I'll, I'll tease the last thing. I know we're talking a lot about Total League news, but we think it's it's important for people to know what is changing in the game, and I, I think it's pretty important. We'll get to Penguins talk here fairly soon. But the last thing does very much involve the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's about the salary cap. It's supposed to potentially rise, according to Bill Daly, anywhere from 84.2 to the $88 million cap next season. It's at 81.5 right now, so it's going to go anywhere from 2.5 to 3 Anywhere from there up to six and a half million higher, which when you talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, you have Matt Murray, Tristan Jari, you have mm-hmm. Jared McCann, you have plenty of players that need to be re-signed. This extra cap space is really going to help out. How do you think this is going to affect the Pittsburgh Penguins? The cap going up is always good. Even it going up a little is a little help at least. My thoughts on it are at least are plan for the small, plan for the small increase, and then if you get the big one, which we probably won't, but but if you get the big one, then be excited and move on from it. As You're for, so conservative about everything like that. That's potential. Because the league is screwy at times. It is, and it's all based on revenue, which once yeah. the NHL playoffs start, you need to make a lot of – that's where a lot of the revenue is made for the NHL, which makes sense. But, I mean, between this and then you also are conservative on the Jake Gensel thing, you're just really kind of – shying back from the hot takes i get it i get it you have some you have some hot takes but well, it starts also, to shy back a little bit i mean i'm not expecting the cap to go up too much i'm going to start spending a hundred dollars on pucks and by the way it's 40 pucks that they have in an nhl arena per game so it's forty thousand dollars worth of pucks <laughs> yeah at every nhl game and when it comes to it it's the paragraph is even with the increased cost the nhl says it has no plans to track down pucks that make their way out of out of play into the hands of fans. They will, however, concentrate on, quote, re-harvesting pucks at the end of games to keep as many in circulation as possible. You're going to start seeing refs carry nets around just in case, like linesmen carry nets around in case it's about to go out. They have to throw the net up and catch it because... (laughs) Are they going to increase the net size like they do in baseball? Is that the next topic of conversation? Jeez, I hope not because that net can be pretty annoying to watch hockey through. But any last thoughts on the salary cap? Salary cap going up, yes. It going up is going to help a lot of things out with um, a lot of teams that need that extra space, need the extra bonus and the extra help. And 
the Penguins are one of them. So going forward. With an increased salary cap max, that means there's going to be an increased salary cap floor. So some teams might need a little bigger contracts. Got Jack it, Johnson, trade bait. <laughs> hey, you guys need to reach a straight uh, a floor. Here you mm. go. We'll see. It's it'll be an interesting off season. It'll be a very interesting off season, I think. Yeah, between that and everything getting ready for the Seattle expansion next off season, the following one after this one, it'll it'll definitely be an interesting, especially to watch rule changes, to watch salary cap, and I think a lot of interesting free agent situations to watch. So we'll keep an yeah. eye out for that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we will discuss the Pens weekend and what it means for the rest of the season. We'll be right back. The push for the playoffs is underway, and while the Penguins will hopefully not be getting a lottery pick, 15 other teams will be, and you can win big for predicting the correct draft order. The Hockey Podcast Network has partnered with Tankathon and Cool Hockey to bring you the first ever NHL Draft Lottery Contest, where the winner will receive a $200 Cool Hockey gift card. To enter, first visit tankathon.com NHL, click Sim Lottery until you see an order you think will be correct, and then screenshot your 15-team draft order. Then just visit us at our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast and comment on our pinned tweet with your screenshotted draft order. All that's left to do is retweet the post and tag two of your friends to be entered for a chance at a $200 gift card to Cool Hockey. Only one entry per Twitter handle. All entries must be submitted by April 8th, and you must be following Tankathon, Cool Hockey, and the Hockey Podcast Network to qualify. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. 33 NHL podcasts for 31 NHL teams. I know every Monday and Thursday they come out. I personally listen to like I posted last week, I listen to all of the Metropolitan Division ones the day they come out. It's nice. With a half hour each, if you're at work yep. and not doing anything, just queue up all the Metropolitan Division ones. It's interesting to see how that's going. Or whichever division you like to listen to, whether that's the Atlantic, the Pacific, which I don't know why you're interested in the Pacific. It's kind of a crap hole. But I digress. The Pittsburgh Penguins had a weird weekend, to say the least. And yeah. that puts them in a weird position going forward. They have eight more Metropolitan Division games in a row, not not just in the rest of the season, in a row, they got eight more. So, of course, the big one being the 5-2 to two loss to Washington that would have pulled them within a point of first place in the Metropolitan Division. I don't think they showed up at all no. in that game. No, Maybe a not. little bit here and there. They definitely didn't show up on time, that's for sure. Oh, I definitely didn't show up on time to watch it, so there's that. I missed the first like five so minutes or so but you know they are the game was brutal to watch you just wonder what the hell is going on with this team anymore because i got no answers yeah for the entire season what were we saying when this team gets healthy oh boy when this team gets healthy well you're healthy yeah i mean you're missing yeah. zach aston reese but hey the forward depth that you have missing zach aston reese as much as i like him if you didn't know that go back and listen to episode 46 you have a fully healthy lineup right now yeah, you got to start so. winning these games, and you start got to start looking better in these games. It's really brutal to watch. I mean, it shouldn't be a grind to have to watch a hockey game, really. You know, you shouldn't have to be 
sitting back wondering what the hell are you doing still sitting here watching this game because that's what it's been feeling like on occasion with this team and at points it looks like they might have been better when they had guys injured and that's exactly what Evgeny Malkin said after the game against Washington he said quote when five or six guys were injured we played better it's hard to understand right now first of all thank you for saying that and then he finished it off with when Sid was hurt I played better he's back and my game is worse right now we'll work every game so he said, we'll try to play easy. It's not our game. Second and third period, we started to work. We finished checks. We had moments. Second and third, we played better. The first period, we were asleep, like we just said. You didn't show up on time. And that's why you were down 3 nothing after 20 minutes. That's absolutely just the downside of it. I mean, granted, Malkin said it's hard to understand and then went on to talk like that. So it's quite the brutal thing. You want your players to be playing, you know, what you kind of want them to play like everyone's injured. Right, if that's what's gonna do it, if that's what's gonna you know, kick you in the ass and get you going, yeah, then let that be it. Do whatever it takes to get some wins and you know play your game and play well. I completely agree. And the big thing for them is, and Mike Sullivan said it when he was on Thirty One Thoughts with Elliot Frieden. He said the problem with us now, when we were injured, you didn't have the skill to just go out there and make silly plays. So they played the game that Sullivan wants them to play, a simple game. These guys come back, there's so much skill, there's a temptation to go out there and make the ridiculous play because you know at some point you have the skill to do it. But you see what happens. You you mess around with it too much, you turn it over in the neutral zone. That was the entire game against Washington. Awful play in, in the neutral zone. A big thing that Sullivan said in that interview and a big thing he said after the game against Washington is we need to simplify our game. We play a simple style of hockey whenever we're our best. So you got to simplify it. And I, I know it's hard to think about Sidney Crosby simplifying his game, Evgeny Malkin simplifying his game and not doing the ridiculous things. But if you play a simple style of game, it's going to open up for you to possibly make that ridiculous play. But at the same time, also, who cares about the ridiculous play? Go out there. I don't. Play simple, win the game, and then you can do ridiculous things in the Stanley Cup parade. Yeah, I don't care about the ridiculousness of the game. I just, I'd much rather just score more goals than the other team. And like, Yep. Score them all on rebounds. I don't care. Let them all be dirty Patrick Hornquist goals. I don't care. As long as we're winning, damn it. I mean, falling back and whiffing on a puck that just slowly goes into the net like that first goal against Buffalo. However it runs the goaltender. However it happens, man. I also didn't see that goal. He got pushed in, but it did look like he ran the goaltender alive. It was an interesting weekend. The Pittsburgh Penguins did not move up the first place like I was hoping they would over the weekend. But here's the thing. They still sit in third place. Do you think the Penguins, after this weekend, still have a shot at first place in the Metropolitan Division? They might. I'm not too super worried about it. Um, just making a playoff spot would be nice. But, no, I'm not too worried about it. I think we still could. I mean, we have teams coming up that aren't necessarily fighting for a first place spot. They're just fighting to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Devils who are just fighting to still be a team. The Blue Jackets, who were just fighting to have a wild card, wild card spot, maybe move up a little bit past that. Carolina, at this point, fighting for a wild card spot. You know, and the Islanders, same thing, just hoping to just kind of be there at one point. So, we're playing as teams that aren't fighting for the same thing that we are. So maybe, I mean, we're in a solid, good playoff spot as for now, and let's just hope that we at least keep some sort of intensity and drive to 
Maybe aim for a first playoff spot. Like we maybe we should play like we want something out of this. And I think the big thing for the Pittsburgh Penguins is a lot of your games are against that Metropolitan Division. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of these teams are trying to give their playoff spot away. I mean, you look yeah. at it and where's the stat? I have it right here. I'm trying to find it. The New York Islanders, who are currently in, I believe, fourth place in the division, since they had that really good first 20 games, they were 16-3-1 in their first 20. Let's not forget that. They were 16-3-1. That's ridiculously good. Since then, they're 19-20-8. You know who has a better record than them? The New Jersey Devils. Yeah, I saw that and heard that, and I was still just, well, guess what? Teams are trying to give their spots away, man, and the Penguins are part of it. The only team in this division that is playing good hockey right now is the Philadelphia Flyers. Really? You think they're the only ones playing good hockey right now? Yeah, I I do. I think even though Washington kicked the crap out of the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday, I still don't think they're playing good hockey. I just think they showed up, and that's all. I mean, when you have that many two-on-ones, eventually you're going to start scoring goals. Yeah, and that's all they have to do is just show up night after night and go from there. As for the rest of the Metro, though, I mean, like I said, these are teams that are just trying to stay in, not really worry about getting a first-place spot. We're, as of right now, at least, five points up on the Islanders. Yeah. It's possible we could see a team that has more points than the Leafs getting into the playoffs, or not getting into the playoffs. It is, and that lends to a conversation about the playoff system, and that's a conversation that needs an entirely different, probably a Patreon episode for that one again (laughs) yeah another patreon episode for that but your prediction where do the penguins finish in the standings and and also is there a risk that this team does miss the playoffs i don't think there is a risk we'll make we'll miss the playoffs i think we're perfectly fine and making it i honestly think we could finish second i don't know about winning it but finishing second in the division i think is a solid spot for us it's home ice against whoever's third and that's me being conservative and not setting my expectations super high again. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I think the biggest thing for the Pittsburgh Penguins is when they lost to Washington on Saturday, I said going into that day, if they want first place, they need to win this game. Mm-hmm. I think since they lost that, now they're five points behind. They have a game in hand, this and that, but they're behind two teams as well. Yeah. I think them losing on Saturday was their last chance of getting into first place. I personally don't believe they're going to come in first place in the division. I don't think they have a shot at that. Right. When it comes to missing the playoffs, I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs yet. Because, yes, it does look like the Metropolitan Division teams in the wildcard race, the Carolinas of the world, the, let's see, uh, Columbuses of the world, the New York Islanders, it looks like they're actively trying to give away their playoff spots (laughs) based on how bad they're playing. But the Penguins are playing just as bad. So you're saying if a couple of those teams or all of those teams, including the New York Rangers, who are kind of on a semi-tear, mm-hmm. if all these teams continue to play well, I'm not saying that the Penguins can hold on to that spot. I'm not saying they're completely solidified in that spot because of the teams you're playing in this last quarter of the season. It's a lot of four-point swings, and if you yeah. can't come out with at least an over 500 record, there's a good chance you're going to be towards the bottom, if not out of the playoff spot. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying that that's likely to happen, but I'm saying it's still a possibility. I don't want to say that they're guaranteed a playoff spot at this point because they're not. Right. I will say they're guaranteed to not make first first place in the Metro. And if that's wrong, whatever, come back and, and yell at me. But it, I, I don't think they will finish in first place. I think they'll finish in third. You said second. I'll say third. Okay. I just think 
although I want Philly to show me that they're more than a hot streak, because that's all they are right now. They're they're one good winning streak. Yeah. And we were just one bad losing streak at the same time. So we see how exactly. that is flipped. So it all depends on if Philly can continue what they're doing. If Pittsburgh can turn around what they're doing, I think they are still going to finish in third place in the Metropolitan Division. That's that's just me. Okay. And I get it. I, I understand where people are coming from no matter where what they're saying for this team. I mean, so far you have to figure, even before the injury started this season, we're beating expectations. A lot of people had us missing the playoffs before this season even started. A lot of people saying this is Crosby and Malkin's downfall year, whatever the, whatever the shit they were saying. We've already beat expectations from the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Then the injuries happened, and we're still doing it. I don't know. It's still a good winning team, and we still have a fun product on the ice, and it's there's still something to be confident about with this team. You you know these guys are the guys that can turn it around. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. So I know going forward I'm at least confident, and who knows? Like Maybe they could take a first-place spot. I'm still confident that we can – Take a Stanley Cup final. I mean, shit. Like, I'm still here for this team regardless of where things end up. That's my point on it. (laughs) The thing that I like to look at is, yes, I do agree with you. I think they're still a Stanley Cup contender. It's Mm -hmm. getting there. Getting to the playoffs. Once they get to the playoffs, I'm very confident that Sullivan and these players will know how to play the right way. And there's a reason that as soon as he came up from Wilkes-Barre, what was his moniker? Do you remember what his moniker was? buy-in i forget the whole moniker because I, I just wrote about oh, it doesn't it. have to be the whole one what what was the main point his moniker was just play and that's all they have to do i know it seems very simple and it seems very cheesy but simplify the game just play your game play your speed game play a little bit more physical than you did against washington because they were throwing yeah. around against washington i'm not I saying like you we... need to change the way you play the game just finish some checks yeah, I feel like we haven't been throwing hit like hits a lot recently. Every time they show the hit counter or I look at the hits, the number of hits for each team, we're always really low for some reason again. Like I forget which game it was I was watching. It was like 11 or 12 or something. We had like to three. Like I said, I that know. might not be your game. The Penguins are not a hitting team. They're not a big-bodied, right. big-checking team. But it's almost playoff time. The Washington Capitals are playing playoff hockey. As they always do. I mean, maybe we only see them play playoff hockey. Like, I've never seen well, them take it. Yeah. We've never physically watched them take an off day, really. Except for maybe in that Carolina series last year. There, I said yeah. it. Yeah, well. <laughs> a series that went seven games, they took an off day. It's about playoff time. Every game should feel like a playoff game right now because you're playing division teams and you yep. need the points. Standings are going to be very important in these playoffs. So, to me, the Pittsburgh Penguins need to step it up a little bit more. I think if, as soon as they get in, if they're in in a decent spot, they have a chance to make a run. I still believe in this team to make a run at a Stanley Cup this year. The thing is, you got to turn it around against these divisional teams, and you, you can't drop to a wild card spot, especially right. the second one. Because if you have to play either Boston or Tampa in the first round, you're not going to be able to make the whole way through. It was going to be fun series. It was going to be hurtful, hard series. But like we both said, we're confident in this team, so... Whatever happens, happens, and we'll be backing it. We'll be here talking about it. And we'll be hoping for the best. We'll be cheering this damn team on. We can do it, man. The entire we can way. friggin' do it, man. Go back to Rob Schneider in, in The Waterboy. You can do it. <laughs> I'm more Is of it a the Rob Waterboy or the Longest Yard? I'm not sure exactly which one that he, he said. I'm that pretty in, sure but it was Rob Waterboy. Schneider, for sure. One of the Adam Sandler movies that he employs all of his friends. It doesn't matter. I'm more of a Rob Schneider in the bench warmers kind of guy, so... Yeah, he was much better in the bench warmers. But that is all for this one. 
Of course, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and also rate us if you like the show. And leave a comment, five stars only, as Hockey Troll likes to say. I was about to so, say, that's a troll there. That is a troll thing. Five stars only. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us anywhere you get your podcast from. And then also follow us on Twitter. You can follow Horwat at NickHorwat41. Follow me at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can follow the show's Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter. Our show is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can follow those guys on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Every team, everywhere, let's go Pens.